When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. If you're looking to move out of your parents' place, you could really cut expenses by bundling your car and renter's insurance with Progressive, which is good because your little brother has gotten really territorial. You're blood-related. You'd think it would be fine to share food in the fridge. I mean, who writes their name on every individually wrapped slice of cheese, Tyler? Still, you've got to admire the commitment. So bundle your renter's and car insurance with Progressive and use the savings to help you move out and have all the cheese you want. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm a Minnesotan. We're super nice. Uh, you are, you yeah. are contrary to, contrary to what you say, you are a very nice guy. Oh, listen to you. Thanks, man. You're listening to Cobras and fire, a Pantheon podcast. This week, Baco's plus one is the host of the damn good movie memories podcast. Brian Davis. Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and today my plus one comes to us from the damn good mo- movie memories. I almost went back to my stupid joke there, magic movie memories. Or, uh, but yeah, damn good movie memories. The host, Brian Davis, thank you for coming on board. Thank you for inviting me, and uh, and fans of damn good movie memories will know that uh, Baco has been a guest on before. And, mm-hmm. and coming up, probably when this gets released, it's already going to be out. We're going to talk about uh, Mall Rats, which is near and dear to your heart because it was filmed in mm. in near your hometown yeah I, I probably would like the movie either way but yeah because it doesn't actually take place in my hometown um, no it's I, supposed to take place in new jersey but it's filmed yeah there. we should call this like a home and home like uh in for a sports reference you know what i mean you know what that like uh now it's more of a basketball and hockey thing 
I don't know if it's so much a baseball thing or it's definitely not a football thing, but you know, it's where basically no. two teams play each other back to back games, but one in each team's city. So they call it a home and home. Right. So that's kind of yeah, what we're doing exactly. here. This is a, a, pot, a pot and pod. I don't know. Something. <laughs> I think you just created something. Yeah. I probably stole it from pods and sods. Uh, honestly, I no idea. Anyway, well, we steal everything from them. You know, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've heard that. You motherfucker. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, my actual hometown of Oatana, did, did you know there was a movie shot there? Uh, Angus. Have you ever heard of that movie? It's, I think I have. George C. I Scott's seen in it. it. It was yep. shot almost exclusively. Well, I shouldn't say exclusively. All the the, the high school scenes are from my high school, and there's a, a little um a little time like a bodega place that would sell like hamburgers and candy and, and pop across the street, and that's where they all hung out. They actually uh, that place got kind of redecorated and fancied up for the movie, and they got to keep all the shit they did. So I do nice. remember that happening when it was happening. It was a year after I graduated from high school, and you'd yeah, I'd come home from work at, at eleven o'clock at night, and they'd be filming the football scenes out on the football field. Mm. So anyway, so they got to keep everything. Well, like it's like the Olympics when they build all this Olympic <laughs> stuff, and it just stays Except for there. you want it. <laughs> the, the, exactly. the, the store wanted it, so yeah. It was also where you know all the burnouts would go smoke cigarettes behind the the building. So I wonder what they did during that uh, the filming. Well, they shot during uh, the summertime, so there was no school, so it didn't didn't interrupt okay. didn't interrupt the uh, burnout activities going on. So, well, that's unfortunate. So. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. Hey, before we get into whatever the hell we're going to talk about here today, I did have something I wanted to kind of run by. You. I was talking to a friend a couple sure. days ago, and something dawned on me. Now, I assume you've you've sung karaoke at some point in your life. You know what? I haven't. So really? this is probably a terrible icebreaker. But let's let's go with it. No. Or what about bowling? Oh, of course, I've gone bowling. Yes. And uh, what was the third one? Um, uh, oh, frisbee golf. You played frisbee golf before? I have. Yep. It dawned on me that these three things have one real th- big big problem in common. Uh, do you want to care to? Uh, would you like to take a guess at what I, I came up with? <laughs> um, let's see. Somebody's always off a little bit, probably to the <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's, you know what? That's not too bad. But I'll just get into it. Okay. These these activities are all made worse by the people who try to be good at them. That's great. Yes. Yes. It's like, uh, and by the way, I don't mean like, like when I bowl a strike, I enjoy it. And I, you know, I, my game is better. You know, I was in bowling league for a couple of years. And when I first moved up here okay. to the, the Twin Cities and, you know, but it was, it was about hanging out with my friends and stuff. And there was teams and actually a couple teammates that just, you know, they just sucked the fucking joy out of it with their like sipping on Pepsis and but the karaoke guys are the fucking worst, man. Yeah. When they're like acting like they're auditioning for American Idol, they're they're like they're not drinking anything at all. Uh, to me, karaoke at its best is when it's bad and it's just Absolutely. a group of people butchering a song or somebody just trying to have fun. But you know, these bars do these things to get you to, in there to have alcohol. Um, That's right. I was on a dart league with the last year I lived in Oatana, and there was this one team that we would play occasionally, and they were both like these motherfuckers. Not only did they not like have a couple beers while they played, they were just really intense and competitive. And they, I mean, they were better than most of the teams, but they weren't. I mean, I think we beat them at least a couple times. But these fuckheads brought their own Pepsi. They they, they each came with a can of Pepsi from outside. 
I'm like, you know, <laughs> why are you even doing this? But yeah, yeah. And, and frisbee golf, man, those motherfuckers. If if you call it disc golf, you're pretty much a dickhead. It, it's fucking frisbee <laughs> golf. And you know, if if you got like one of those, I don't know, like I don't. They're supposed to be like your golf club bag, but it's basically just like a an archer sheath with like different discs <laughs> for different. Like, yeah. And now I get like some of them. Like this one is to go real far, and this one is when I just yeah. want to toss it. Why do you need more than that? I have one sport I just thought of to add to this yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, And I think I I think softball should be on this list too. <laughs> yes. I have had I've been in leagues where uh the guy that suits up in an actual uniform that shows up to a beer league, that's the <laughs> asshole that we're just talking about, taking it way too seriously. There was one guy, we used to call him superstar. He would get in, he'd dig in, he'd have the eye black and He'd pop the ball up or he'd swing and miss. Who swings and misses a slow pitch softball? I mean, it's just, it, yeah, that's. Did he lose I, I his think softball? Shit. Like, he would. He would get pissed. He'd throw the bat and everything. And we're like, oh, you take, take the short bus back home because. Oh, this is terrible. Yep, I think that's that definitely goes on the list. I, I wasn't even thinking about it, but that there's always a couple guys on, on 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 a team or two, or sometimes a whole team, where they're just a whole team. And you know what? If you're good enough at bowling that you might actually make a career out of it professionally, all for it. You know, pool all sure. good. That's not what I'm talking about. And it's not a crime to be good either. But no. have some fucking fun. And yeah. it don't suck the joy out of it for people that aren't aren't that is invested into it. You know what I mean? That's right. I'm That's not right. going to learn and, how to throw a hook in bowling. I'm just not. No, no. And and, and to go back to softball, I, I've been in co-ed <laughs> leagues too, and it's even worse because you have you really have people that just are there just to have fun, and then you always get the guys that just can't can't take it. But what's ironic is usually the best softball players in the co-ed leagues are the women because. Mm. They were growing up playing softball, not baseball, and it's a totally different sport. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's. And this brings up kind of tying along the movie angle. Have you ever seen uh, Artie Lang's Beer League? I boy, not much of it. That they totally get into the the, the superstar softball players, the guys that, <laughs> that are taking it way too seriously. Is it like dodgeball but with softball? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty okay. much. No, yes. I, and that will be an upcoming episode, by the way, Dodgeball. Right on. Yes. <laughs> that's a good hurt. Isn't that the yeah, that's absolutely. the movie where um uh, uh Stiller says nobody makes me bleed my own blood, right? Bleed my own blood. Yeah, that's yes, a great line. Exactly. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, ben Stiller. I was forgotten. Yeah, but uh I, for the bowling angle, now uh I mentioned for the people who are familiar with the show, I'm one of my oldest friends. Um we talk in text more than anybody knows. He just had a, a baby last November. Congratulations. Wilson uh he was on my bowling league team and uh he was one of those pop uh, sippers and um uh at the end of the season we got like this just a massive breakdown of like the statistics of our our, our each week game to game and I by I, a couple guys dropped out just out of lack of interest so we ended up getting Wilson's buddies and it ended up being like I was the only guy on the team that that would get the bucket of beers and these guys would all just like you know <laughs> strap up and uh uh get all into this thing and you know they were, we did pretty good as a team because of that but um the, the interesting thing was that like my score on average was 30 pins higher in the third game than it was in the first Every one of theirs decreased by 10 to 20 or something like that. It's like, you guys are all taking this serious. You're getting all warmed up and like, and, but your scores don't reflect, you know, it's like you did your best. You basically shot your wad on the first game. Yep. 
And but you know, Baca was there to anchor the team in Game Three, <laughs> all buzzed up on six Budweisers, just fucking chucking that fourteen-pound ball as hard as he could. It's a tortoise in the hair, you know. That's uh, <laughs> it, it. It reminds me. I I, I, go, I I was doing a job interview, so I was going for this energy, um, an engineering job, which I wasn't qualified for, and it was like a a four-hour interview. Wow. And by the end, I was toast, and I was like, I, I don't even care if I get the job at this point. And stupidly, I'd taken another interview after that. And so I went into the other interview so laid back, I didn't give a shit. And I aced the second interview because I just relaxed. I didn't take it as seriously. And it's, it, you know, I don't know if there's lessons to be learned from uh, Baco's bowling score, but I think there are. <laughs> I'll tell you <laughs> this from, um, yeah. like, you know, from the years being in the band, there is a sweet spot where alcohol is a bit of a help with confidence, with being able yep. to like get over a little bit of like anxiety, that kind of stuff. You get, it's a teeter though. You know, it, it doesn't yeah. take, you go too far and then suddenly it's now basically a problem, but you just want to hit that sweet spot. And then, yeah, it does help you with just, you know, like I'm going to put on a show, I'm going to perform, I'm going to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm going to get over any pre-show anxiety or the fact that there's nobody on the dance floor right now. You know what I mean? They're not going to come up there if you look, you know, too nervous. Do you remember that band, uh, Red Dragon Cartel with, uh, Jakey Lee? Yeah, absolutely. They're not broke up, are they? I well, guess I fuck, who knows, man. From, the guy's yeah. basically been radio silent since their last record. Uh, but yeah, but of the, the elite, the first lead singer before they went through like 10 of them within a month, um, he did the go over the edge with the alcohol. It was the first. And, and there's one take the edge off. But then he basically pretty much ruined his. I wouldn't say career. I think he ended up coming back, but they kicked him out of the band after that because he was so nervous. He hung in for a little bit. Yeah, but there was like you said, it wasn't long before they went on this cavalcade of like, I don't know, five singers to finish the tour. And then he came yeah. back for the next record. And then I think at that point, you know, but yeah, even like I actually uh, when I interviewed Jake, I brought that up and he talked about like mm -hmm. he actually kind of defended the guys like, look, you know, we in the day and age of the Internet, you're, you're not allowed to have a bad show. Uh, yeah, True. he fucking blew it. He got too fucking wasted and couldn't do it. Yeah, it's especially yep. important for for singing, I suppose. But I, I actually found it yeah. more of a being able to to perform guitar was a was a bigger issue. Yeah. But you know, that's because I'm not that good of a singer. So it, <laughs> it, it's not that hard to to pull off what I do. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I mean, I think if you're established, you can get away with. That. I, I was at many Pantera shows where Phil was just incoherent. And you still he got away with it because he's Phil Anselmo. But if you're doing your first show yeah. and you're trying to make a name uh, you're, for yourself, you're unheard not, of. not a good idea. Yeah, yeah, somebody that not a good does. idea. Yeah, yeah, plus he was doing a lot of Ozzy stuff, which wasn't really in his range. You know, um, yep. And not, not, not that Ozzy's the greatest singer in the world, but you, you know, no. It's it's not easy to just you know sing his stuff. Ask Dio. I think when Dio sings Ozzy shit, it sounds like crap. Um, it does. Mm -hmm. It's it's it. <laughs> he has his own range and you know if, if ozzy were to try to sing like dio forget it well, so it no, work. absolutely yeah. yeah there's no comparison between them two as a singer but yeah no no not at all
I wanted to hit you up with something and some ideas for your show to maybe like, uh, I don't know, broaden the brand, um, grow okay. it a little bit. Um, you know, look, you know, I, I like your show uh, and you know, I'm, I'm a yep. fan. I listen to it. I love the way you break it down, all that good stuff. But let's face it. It's a bit PG-13. You know, uh, you know, <laughs> it definitely it, is. Your, it your, your delivery is very milk toast. Um, and mm-hmm. by the way, it's it's the best milk toast. But you know, it's just, <laughs> it doesn't have that edge. So, okay. have you thought about doing like a secondary kind of version of your show, like almost like a like this is like we're still doing the damn good movie memories, but right? Now we're gonna do a second one that for people who are into porn. Uh, yeah, I, I just, Long silence. The, the problem would be the, the research, I think, because, uh, I mean, how that many, seems like a bonus know, to me. Oh, well, it could be, but, uh, yeah, I mean, how many, you know, this person, um, you know, there's not going to be, so here's the key to my, I, I don't know if people know this, but okay. the movies I choose, I own in the DVD collection. So I, one, I would have to start buying, uh, porn again. Uh, and, and adding it to uh, to my collection, and uh, and that might be tough. Plus, there's not a lot of bonus footage to find out all those great facts about you know certain actors and actresses and 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 things. So I yeah I did. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it into consideration. How about that? And well, I'll, I'll use a, a common term. I'll circle back. How about that? Well, let's kind of like throw throw this in a Shark Tank situation. I'm going to go sure. ahead and try to make a pitch. I'm going to try to sell you on this concept. All right. <laughs> All right. I was sleeping through the beginning of this presentation because I thought I'm you glad. had no sales. I hope you're I'm awake now. <laughs> all right. So basically, all right. Think about it. It's just you use the same format that you normally do, right? You, you, you get okay. a you get a movie that 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 you love. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> when you watch many times. Oh, yeah. It's it's gonna be number five, six, seven. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> one one that you you you've enjoyed many times over the the years of of, of growing up. Why don't you burn those? And then you kind of <laughs> narrate. You know, kind of like a, almost a wiki read breakdown of the script, uh, the plot, uh-huh. how things develop. <laughs> I mean, and the audio clips are going to be golden. Exactly. Know, the, yeah, the, the you moment, drop in yeah. the audio clips like like you do. Yeah. And then you reach out to somebody like like myself, who's also a fan <laughs> of the <laughs> same movie. Yeah. And then we talk about, like, the favorite spots we jerk off to. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> You're an honest guy, man. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I could probably get, so it's impossible to get people that were involved in the regular movies I'm doing. I could probably get the porn stars that were involved in these. It's another bonus. Yes, they're yeah. much more gettable. As far as- <laughs> much more gettable. They'll probably take it serious. It's like in the uh, AVN Awards where they act like they're winning an Oscar and everything, mm. and they've just taken you know three dicks at that point. So that or you know for that, <laughs> so that uh, yeah, and 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 that could be a guy or a girl. We don't know. So that's uh, uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> and I would steer towards the seventies and eighties stuff because that's when you had kind of the yeah. classic stuff with. Uh, you know, uh, you know, that you had a story. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. All the little names with puns and things of that nature. You know, by the 90s, it was like, sure. You know, the early 90s, you had like, you know, basically teenage butt sluts go nuts. Five, you know, big bazongas, right. 28. Um, and then yeah. by the time you get to like the 2000s and the Internet kind of took over. Now it's just like stepdad yeah. fucks teenage daughter. And yeah, it's a 10 minute <laughs> video, you know, so right. you really got to go back to when they were really putting in the work, you know what I mean? You know, like, yeah. uh, you know, like, you know what you could uh, you could go dark web with this and do like a, a third spinoff that features only the movies Tracy Lords did. 
you know so. that's true and then and then you could i could do my podcast from prisons because that, that'd be well great. that's why you gotta so, go dark yeah. web and you gotta have right. like, you know, some kind of like... <laughs> i've seen mr robot i'm gonna get caught i know oh, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he was, you know a, a tease for later in the episode he was great in that queen biopic uh, <laughs> he was. He really was. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, th- that'll be a fun discussion. Uh, yeah. uh, anyway, so I'll tell you what. I will. Yeah. I will record kind of like a test episode. I'll. I'll, I'll you know what? <laughs> I'm going to do Debbie Does Dallas. It's basically the Gone with the Wind of porn. So uh, you would consider that over Deep Throat because I think oh, Deep Throat, you know what? Wise, you is know what? Deep the Throat. Ultimate. I'll do Deep Throat. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so then, what would Debbie Does Dallas be like? Uh, um, Casablanca. Casablanca. Yes. Okay. Uh, either okay. one is going to be a winner, and I and I'll put it yeah. together, and I'll just package, it and I'll send it to you, just as like a, a proof of concept kind of thing. Best pitch ever. stereo thing a little bit when sure. uh, when yep. i was in high school i loved fucking ripping out the stereo <laughs> buying a new one buying a friend's yes. one you know getting the the eq screwing it under the thing putting my own speakers yep. in and then the speaker goes out ripping the door panel apart trying to figure out why i enjoyed yep. the fuck out of all that but you know it was basically like you know there was at least 20 percent of the time it seemed like it wasn't functioning properly you, you couldn't listen right. to van halen half the time when i was driving you know because you know one speaker was gone and but i i, I enjoyed yeah. it a lot and i you know and i built up and i you know spent more and more money and all that stuff i'm past that i i first of all the the stock radios that cars come with now are much better than they used to be back oh, then totally. they, they were basically shit uh it, you yeah. know it was it was like having a, a clock radio quality in your car <laughs> But but uh, now I just I don't want anything aftermarket in my vehicle at all. I just just give me I want it the way it is. I want everything to work. I don't want to tear shit apart. All I can say. Oh, yeah, I should own stock in Alpine because I was always getting a new Alpine Mm. CD changer after every new car. Yeah, I was a Kenwood guy. There you go. I like Kenwood, too. So, yeah, (laughs) whatever. One of the two, it was it was going to end up like and I had the uh, oh, the the anti-shock. CD disc man that you could use <laughs> as as the hack. There was a Cobra hack, and uh, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I guess you 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 made a good point there. I th- I did ha- put a CD player in my '96 Neon. Uh, the very first brand new car I ever bought. Uh, that okay. fucker skipped all the goddamn time. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and my next car uh, had a you know came with a CD player, and, and that one was actually one of the best CD players I ever had. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, where you are talking cassettes, I mean, it was like the auto reverse and the 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 song search where it would find the next song if, as long as there yeah. was a dead space. But 
As long as there's dead space, yeah. Yeah, good times. Uh, I don't miss the I don't miss tape players though. I, I understand the whole and we kind of talked about this on the episode we did for uh in utero. Yeah. Um I, I don't get the nostalgia of cassettes oh, except for me at all. the look of it's it. It's so stupid. Yeah, it, 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 it is. It is. I get vinyl. Vinyl makes total sense. It sounds good. It's fun to collect. It is expensive, but I get it. But tapes, it's just the audio is not there. I don't know why you would just want to collect it just to look at it. And uh, it, yeah, it makes zero sense to me. But hey, if people want to buy physical still, then I'll more power to them. Yeah, I guess. I just it's so inconvenient, and yeah. it it doesn't sound good. Uh, even if you, and you, re, you, even if you invest in something that that's supposed to, it, it's still not going to hit that CD or vinyl sound. If you're going to spend that kind of money no. anyway, CD mm-hmm. you can get to sound good for the cheapest. Uh, but Absolutely. but vinyl, the, the it doesn't. If you take care of it, it's it'll it'll last. You can't say Ever, that about yeah, cassette. I mean, cassettes no. go bad when you play them. They go bad when you don't play them. It's just that's right. And the best part about cassettes were we're taping. And uh, and now you can do that with burning if you really want to do it. Or shit, just use your playlist. So yeah, yeah. or a thumb drive. That's that's what my go to nowadays. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Man, I would have yep. loved to have had a fucking thumb drive in my music collection in my car when I was a kid. Oh, it would have been yeah. <laughs> I know kids. I know now. Get off my lawn, but yeah, kids don't realize how spoiled they are when it comes to music now yeah. because it's 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 not valued. Music isn't valued anymore because it doesn't have to be. You know, uh, it's it's a yeah. It's it's something that we talk about a lot. Now uh, I'll switch into a news story here because it's a good segue with that. Mm-hmm. I've always, you know, first my my personal domino theory is basically sometime around the iPod is when music became less important because the yep. iPod was all about the product. Who gives a fuck what you're listening to as long as you got an iPod? Um, yep. And that kind of spiraled into like, you know, American Idol. And I'm not necessarily in chrono- chronological order here, but I will say American Idol because Nikki Six just announced today he's bragging that he's going to be on American Idol this, this Sunday. Uh, a show that's basically <laughs> tired past its point anyway. Oh, uh, no, yep. Nobody gives a fuck like they did at one point, but really only no. two people had a career off of American Idol. And yet we're still kind of, you know, kind of clamoring toward this. But American Idol basically devalued music. It was like, well, I just want this person to sing this song and then be yep. thrown in the trash because I don't care. Um, yeah. And th- th- I have to admit, I know Kiss has been on there. Um, and there's, th- th- he's not the first one. But I just think, you know what, th- 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 it's an obvious problem. And you don't have to fucking endorse it. You only do it because you have no fucking integrity and you're a yeah. fucking sellout. That's that's it to me. I mean, you, especially if you're at the level where you have enough money that you can sell tickets to robots. You know what I mean? It, it's, <laughs> <laughs> well, what yeah, are your thoughts on the whole American Idol, these song contest things? I, I know we talk about a lot on our show, but, you know, you're a guy who yeah. I've never really picked the brain on this. No, it, it's completely, uh, it, it totally has devalued music. It's the get rich quick. Um, there's no, there are so many other people just singing in bars that you'd never heard of that are a million times better than these people that happen to just get lucky and get noticed on these, uh, on these shows. It's not, it's, it's, it really cheapens music. Just like I think today, uh, I don't think music is valued just because uh, I don't think you should necessarily be able to own everything. Like that's just, people are spoiled by um just everything's free like oh i got to discover this new music because it's just it's free on the internet well that's nice but uh back in the day it's like you you had to pick and choose what you really wanted to hear and you because you had to pay for it and i think that's good i think 
too much of something is is bad. I mean, look at television today. There are too many TV stations, too many shows. There's not <laughs> you can't possibly watch them all, which means everything gets diluted. So uh, there's times when, and we'll, we'll steer this to movies. I would watch a movie because we only had five stations, you know, growing up before cable. So I would take the time to watch Crossroads with Ralph Macchio because it was on, and because nothing else was on. It's not a great movie, but I discovered blues music because of it. And today I would never watch Crossroads probably because it's just, there's so many other things to watch. And so I I think there's too much availability. There's too many options for people and, and sometimes less is more. And, uh, and yeah, to, to kind of go back where you're saying about American Idol, there's too many of these shows and there's too many of these people that think they can kind of make it big without really putting in the work. And uh, and they're getting rewarded for basically going the lazy way and just winning the lottery. Yeah, and it, a couple of things to touch on there. The the last comment I remember. Um, who, oh God, I always call her the church mouse that won America's Got Talent, but in England, uh, Susan Boyle. Okay, and everybody oh, yeah. was, and, and and really, it was kind of. I can't believe that it wasn't more obviously insulting to people with the way they reacted. It was like, can you believe the voice on her? Because what they're really saying is. <laughs> My God, that fat butt ugly bitch. Yep. You would never expect somebody that gross yeah. and that poorly dressed to have well like the two things have anything to do with each other. Like That's uh, right. like a God given talent of, of of the voice you have has anything to do with your taste in clothes and how pretty you are. And that's right. really kind of where our mindset is. But but yeah. it, to to back that up, she released her record. And it was called like like th- to dream and dream or something like that. Like this was I, there was some comment where she was like, "This I'm living the dream I always had," and I'm like, "I know what you're trying to say, lady, and I don't want to be mean, <laughs> but you dreamed like, oh god, I really hope one day I get to be a contestant on a, a show called I Have Talent and I win." <laughs> Yeah. It's like, cause nope, yeah. that's a really fucking pathetic dream. You know what I mean? It's to me, that's yeah. less, it would be less pathetic to say, I really want to win wheel of fortune. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or, yeah. or you're this brilliant person that knows all these things and, and you've been holding off your life just so you can get on jeopardy. Uh, so you're, you're, you're doing all these, uh, you could have a great career being an engineer, but no, I'm going to wait to that, that jeopardy moment where yeah. I can really make it big. Come on. You know? Yeah. It's, it's a similar thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're on par, man. We're on par. Netflix and Amazon movies that are being produced now, 
they're the equivalent, the new ones, of what you and I grew up with in the 80s and 90s of straight-to-video movies. And, and these kids are thinking that, oh, all these great new movies are coming out and like Red Notice, you got to see Red Notice. And I'm like, why? This is basically American Pie unsanctioned in the <laughs> 90s that was going straight to, to video. Um, and, and again, it's it's killing quality wise the, these movies and people often get upset. It's like, well, why don't you care about new movies? And I'm like, because there's 100 years of other movies I haven't seen yet. They're usually in better quality. And I'm discovering old movies that are new to me. So I don't have to necessarily waste my time watching something that's brand new simply because it's new. I don't need to chase that dragon. Uh, and a lot, I get that a lot from uh, music like, oh, you only listen to uh, old music. Well, I'm listening to old music that's new to me because there's 80 years of music out there. It doesn't make me... Um, not want to listen to brand new bands but there's other bands that are old that are new to me so i think if people spun it that way they they wouldn't have that get off my lawn type of thing but if i can see one or two new movies that are really good i'm happy but if i don't that's fine there's so much other stuff i've never seen before that came out in the past that is worth checking out and that's why i like to do that in my podcast mm. because not every movie i talk about is great but it's going to be probably entertaining and uh, and I don't necessarily need to talk about something brand new just because it's new. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not trying to kill the movie business now, but they're not doing themselves any favors, I think, with, with these Amazon and and, uh, and Netflix movies. Have you seen Lamageddon? <laughs> that I, I definitely need to check out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new movie. <laughs> but oh, okay, this is another little tangent, but you have movies are way too long now. I think there's no reason for a Batman movie or a comedy to push two and a half to three hours. Agreed. I, and, yeah. and I don't know why. 90 I, to I 100 minutes is the sweet spot. It's kind of like an album. An album is perfect. Eight to 10 songs, 35 minutes, 45 minutes. Perfect. But if they're marketing the Batman, I guess they're marketing it to adults too, but also the kid. I mean, we have this short attention span culture that they could barely watch a TikTok video that's longer than <laughs> 60 seconds, but you're going to release a three hour Batman movie. I don't get it. Like I, I <laughs> just comedies should be no longer than 90 minutes. And I think drama and action movies anywhere from hour 45 to two hours yeah. is probably good. Everything after that, you need a good film editor. Not everything you're doing needs to be filmed if you're worried about certain backstory not making the cut, well, then save it for your sequel. Like, make a concise film and, and stop just putting out everything because you can. Because I don't know who they're marketing. You have this short attention span crew, but then you have movies that are longer than ever. It's just this weird dichotomy that I don't understand. And then it's also to contradict myself because I'm, I'm willing to do it. <laughs> when I hear a three-hour Batman movie, I'm like, fuck no. I don't want to. I'll see it eventually, but no. But then I hear like there's a new series out, the new Jack Reacher series, and it's eight episodes. So it's basically eight hours. No problem. I'll sit. I'll power through that one because it's no problem. So this weird mindset that then mentally there is I'm something like, there where it's like yeah. because you can get through it and then just do another one. And you can you feel like you can stop and come back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless and there's a cliffhanger. I think the cliffhanger vibe is what gets you because after every episode, they, they tease you a little bit more. 
Whereas in a movie, there's really there's more of a pace or there's a flow. Yeah. You can't really stop. So there is a lot to unpack in what you said. So I have a, I, I took sure. notes this time to get into it. A <laughs> yeah. couple movie trends that that piss me off. The superhero movies in general, they started this thing where they would throw some stupid thing at the end of the credits. That oh, did you see the end credits? <laughs> and it's just like. No, I left the movie theater like a normal fucking human being. I didn't. And now they're actually putting things that are plot lines into yeah. the fucking this, this stupid little like we call it a, an Easter egg on our show. Like yeah. for anybody listening that doesn't listen to our show or if you or if you never made it through that last song, every episode <laughs> has a yeah. five to 20 second snippet of something that we didn't use in the show. There'll be one yeah. on this episode. I guarantee it. And it's, it, but it's, it's not key. It's just not going to change any of the information that yeah. you heard or anything, whatever you can we even call it information? I don't know. Uh, but yeah. that, that drives me up a wall. And like all these, uh, Disney plus shows that like the Mandalorian and, and, uh, the WandaVision deal. First of all, mm-hmm. It's a 30-minute show or a 45-minute show. Why do I need nine minutes of credits? And how come you are the right. only fucking streaming services that hasn't figured out the skip to next episode feature should be right there? Um, there you go. And then the last bitch I have about what's going on is that, like, with these blockbuster-type movies, because some of them are for me, some of them aren't. It doesn't matter. This is just, mm-hmm. like, those movies that are just going to get a lot of, you know, publicity regardless. Superheroes, Star Wars, whatever. When we have commercials that say, tune in to American Idol on Tuesday and watch the new Star Wars trailer or whatever it is, right? It's like, you're literally advertising for advertisements at that point. Advertising, yeah. It's like, it's just (laughs) like, oh my God. It's like, and don't get me wrong, I kind of want to see the new Star Wars trailer when it comes out, whatever it is, but I was like, do we really need to, and and when it's worse when you go on YouTube to watch it and you have to sit through a commercial to watch what's basically a fucking commercial. Yeah, it's it, everyone's whoring every other each person out like like these these conglomerates or yeah. But uh, regarding the after credit stuff, it used to be fun because you yeah. didn't expect it. Now you expect it. Like in Ferris Bueller, that was fun. That was it was it was new. It's not the first time it happened, but it, that was cool. Netflix to me has done a lot of really good stuff. Um, uh, I, I, I'd had really have to pull it up, but you know, like there, there are some decent stuff I, for me more on the series than the movies, I think. Um, oh, definitely the series. Yeah. Although, uh, we, uh, we, we were fortunate to have, uh, Netflix at work. So I get to watch like oh. 20 to 30, depending on how long I, I'm actually in the lunchroom, 20 to 30 minutes of a movie or a TV show at a time. And, uh, I, I sat my way through that dreadful rock and Ryan Reynolds, uh, movie that just came out. Uh, yeah. Red, red notice. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. Th- that's one thing about, uh, uh, Netflix that to me is consistent, forgettable titles. Like, yeah. what was that thing called? I don't remember. Like, we literally just finished a show last night about that had Tony Collette in it. It's like, is it about her or her story or mm. something like that? Um, and and by the way, way too fucking bloated. It was it was just one fucking flashback after another. It was always going <laughs> back, and it's like, God, I just I don't need that much, man. Um, wrap yeah. it up, you know, Pam and Tommy. Pam and Tommy whole episode two is pointless. You can do it in five minutes. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, but that's a mini series. But yeah, don't get me wrong. I think the golden age of of um, script writers are all in television now, or all doing series. Mm-hmm. I, I think they've left Hollywood uh, film, and they're going to that. And maybe because there's more creativity there, maybe they don't have to check as many boxes as they do for a movie. 
Uh, I don't know, but it's it's really unfortunate. There's always been remakes, but today it just it, it seems like there's the creativity's gone. I don't know if it's if it's forced or not. Uh, superhero movies. I was talking to Metal Mike Tyler, who is a huge comic book fan, and we were saying like how when we were growing up, we would have killed to have this many superhero movies because it was few and far between. Now it's it's overkill. Where I don't get excited for a new mm-hmm. superhero movie because I, I there's enough out there. There's also TV shows, and I think a lot of these uh, comic book stuff are probably more conducive to uh series as opposed to doing a movie now especially with the backstory there's no need to do a backstory about a comic book hero that you've seen a million times uh, if you want to do it for a new one like like their first iron man that's fine because nobody had heard of iron man but now there's no reason to do a backstory for Easy. batman what well, i've always heard i've only heard good things about the new batman again it's just the length that's that's scaring me away that's the first um, i heard it was that long again but i yeah. don't care uh that yeah. movie was not released for me so Right, right. But, uh, but I'm uh, like you. I yeah. have not heard anybody that said they didn't like it. I think they, they took the comic book feel out of comic book movies. Um, mm-hmm. And and, and, and to a certain point, I kind of get it. They're trying to make it more interesting on a, on a human level. But to me, sure. have you ever <laughs> – I, I wonder <laughs> if you've have you ever seen like that – I think it was an early 90s or late 80s Fantastic Four movie. It was one of the <laughs> yeah, very first Marvel <laughs> movies ever, like Marvel yeah. endorsed. I almost pre- prefer something like that where it's like kind of super cheesy. So bad. Like, the, the, yeah. like, I'm bad guy, so I'm bad. Well, I'm good guy, so I'm good. You know, where there's no nuance to the uh, that kind of right. stuff. Uh, and to me, that works a little better. Use this a segue into uh, uh, rock biopics. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you kind of to mention some of your your favorites. Uh, I'll I'll get mine out of the way. There's only one that I'll sure. even endorse as worth watching, and that is the Motley Crue, The Dirt. And not because I'm okay. a Motley Crue fan, and not because it's a great movie. Although I will, I, I've heralded the performance of Machine Gun Kelly, who's a total <laughs> fucking douchebag and a not not a person that I, I, I have a lot of respect for. Spot on, Tommy Lee. He nailed it. He yeah. knocked it out of the part way better than Sebastian Stan did in, in, in Pam and Tommy. Uh, yep. But again, not exactly the, the hardest role. Uh, but you know what? It, it was believable. Let's give him. Let's. He deserves props for that. But I talk about the comic book thing. I, it dawned on me that, and actually preparing for this this afternoon, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it was the reason I think I liked that movie versus like something like the Queen, Queen Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, uh, and by the way, there's more of those coming, but uh, we'll get into that, uh, yeah. is because this w- was almost told like a comic book. It was like reading a comic book about the, the, the how Motley Crue became a band. 
And right. the fact that it was done that way, all the little nuances, the 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 fakes and the non truths didn't stick out as much. It, it just it seemed like from the get go, it was like this is complete bullshit. Uh, we're just telling this kind of like we're drawing a box and we're, we're going to kind of sure. shortcut things because there's only so much room to fit in the bubble. And, uh, and I think that's why I liked it. Now I've never watched it twice, so I didn't like it that mm-hmm. much, but, and, right. and, and in general, I think the rock musician genre is the worst thing to do a biopic on. And then I hear things actually, like, uh, there, there haven't been that many to tell you the truth. I was oh like thinking God. about it. There haven't been the many rock ones. Well, I think no, the best, no, no, yeah, major ones but there, there's there's yeah. been a bunch like i mean they did a def leopard one for vh1 did that was just stupid but then along, oh you're, you're gonna throw on the tv movies <laughs> yeah, well definitely been there. yeah uh, okay fair <laughs> enough um but uh you, you get to um uh straight out of compton you hear all these yeah. things about it and it's great and it's this it's this and then finally i watched it and i'm like this is exactly as stupid as fucking the all dirt. these other ones yeah. it's it's yeah. it's no better let's let's stop like you know oh but his his son play ice cube son played ice cube i'm like i don't fucking care no. uh <laughs> and again this is like a, a scene that i enjoyed now it was actually it was like well and i was skeptical because i'm skeptical on all these i was skeptical of the dirt and i'm, I'm gonna be skeptical mm-hmm. of everyone that comes after this there's gonna be a kiss one that's gonna yeah. suck uh it, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter it just it but uh what about you do, do you have your favorites you wanted to kind of bring in other ones i'm guessing because you, you didn't think there was enough <laughs> of the movies well made. yeah i mean i don't think there's a lot of like if you want if you want to do like real not that the Def Leppard one wasn't a real movie. It was like a VH1 movie, but like the I Hollywood. The, I think everybody understands yeah. the distinction you're making. Okay. What I found is the ones I enjoyed the most were not rock ones. The The best ones for me, maybe I wasn't as critical about these, but my all-time favorite, and it's not a rock one, is Ray, the Ray Charles story. Um, I'm a huge Ray Charles fan. My dad, you know, that's his all-time favorite artist, so I appreciated going in, but I thought it was really well acted. Um, and the story was really well done and, and the music was, was great. And it was a story I'd never really heard before. So that, that was tremendous. And I, when you go to rock, I think of the good ones, uh, like, I don't know if it's really good, but it definitely put them on the map. The Buddy Holly story with Gary Busey, uh, <laughs> one of his best, one of his better performances. And it was one of his early ones too. Uh, come on. Uh, I don't know how factually true it is, but, uh, you know, there, I, I I'm sure you've seen La Bamba. I have sucked. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. But I, I didn't it, know who Richie Valens was before that. I hadn't heard the song before that. Point. And I was less yeah. of a fan after watching La Bamba. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was hoping you'd take a different spin on that. But that was the good thing, I think, about Buddy Holly. People were forgetting that, you know, Buddy Holly and, and, and Richie Valens were even alive at yeah. some point. So uh, I, I thought it proved its point or did its point to get at least people interested. And I think that's why Molly Crew did theirs too, as bad as for me, as, as cheesy as that film was, you're going to have some young people that are going to go out and listen to the music because of it, sure. whether the movie was good or not. Yeah. Um, I've heard mixed things about this. I go both ways on the doors uh, with Val Kilmer. That was horrible. Uh, it's not some, yeah. I, th- when I first saw it as a kid, I was more enthralled because there was a lot going on there. Revisiting it, I don't think it holds up well. You talk to Sonny Pooney. Sonny thinks it's one of the best movies ever, not just biopics. But yeah, he just Sonny's loves that a movie. complete idiot. I mean, he is a contrarian. So, yeah, <laughs> he, he thinks The Godfather is one of the worst movies ever. So, there, it does that. insist so, upon itself, uh, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Sid and Nancy from the 80s? Yep, that was horrible. Yeah, there's another time. So, you have all these movies 
then I'm not sure, you know, they're more bad than I think good. Uh, Great Balls of Fire with Jerry Lewis, which Jerry Lewis was my first concert experience because Damn, he was promoting Great Balls of Fire at the time. It was, I, I'm a huge, well. Oh, I'm not saying it was good story. or bad. I'm like, that's kind of like, you know, you're younger than me. And like, like that's your first concert? Man. Well, we, we've kind of talked about this before. My, I am an old Oh, yeah, right, right. Music. Yes, yeah. yeah. So growing up, I listened to straight up blues music and old rock and roll. So this, it, it totally was my bang zone. So I was the weird kid while everyone was listening to Whitesnake and Def Leppard and, uh, and Guns N' Roses, which I liked. I was more in tune with what those bands were probably influenced by. Is it just a coincidence so, uh, that you listed uh, three? Wait, no, I'm sorry. Def Leppard is Polygram. Sorry. I was going to say they're all, <laughs> they're all Geffen record bands, but no, oh. uh, Def Leppard was Polygram Mercury or something like that. I'm thinking 1987. What was really popular? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, all those. Yeah. So Bon Jovi. And then yeah, Bon Jovi. Yep. And then uh, Rocket Man. I, I went with a coworker, and she loved Rocket Man, but I didn't realize it was going to be straight up music theater. Like they start singing the you know in the middle of it. And as much as I like Elton John, I couldn't, I couldn't, I could barely get through that movie. So yeah, I'm not a musical guy at all. Man. Yeah. So that that hurt me. Uh, the ones I do like. So uh, I told you, Ray. Uh, Get On Up, which was Chadwick Boseman playing James Brown. Okay. Uh, really well done, if you're a James Brown fan. Um, Walk the Line with um, with um, Joaquin Phoenix playing Johnny Cash. You know what, that one well done. I thought was decent. Yeah. I think I uh, but I was expecting to say you like Walk Hard better to do it. I probably story, do, but, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> um, no, Walk the Line, it, I, don't, I remember like um, – all these movies, uh, they tend to like just offend my inner senses when it comes to rock music, being a musician, that kind of stuff. And that sure. one did l- probably the least of that of the ones that we've mentioned so far that I've that I've okay. seen anyway. Uh, I guarantee you haven't seen this, but it actually is a well done movie. Um, Coal Miner's Daughter was about um, Loretta Lynn. And oh Sissy yeah, who's and, uh, the uh, who plays Loretta Lynn? Um, I believe it's Sissy Spacek. This, yeah, this, I've definitely yeah. seen it w- w- with my mom. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So again, she won an, I believe she won an Oscar for that, and it, it's it's well done. I don't know how. I think one good thing about biopics today is usually they're a little bit more factual. I think they try to be more factual than yeah. back then. So, but who knows? <laughs> we'll get to this yeah. when, when we talk about do we like biopics or documentaries better. But um, what's love got to do with it? Uh, I, I thought the acting <laughs> you really. Uh, if you didn't know about Ike Turner and, and Tina Turner, I thought that was a real uh, interesting to find out about what what a type of guy uh, Ike Turner was and having Lawrence Fishburne play him. Uh, one that people probably haven't seen, Cadillac Records. Uh, it's about the story of chess records and blues music and Muddy Waters and Helen Wolf and Etta James. You probably hate it because Beyonce plays Etta James, and uh, we know you, how you feel about Beyonce. But <laughs> Is there anything she can't do, Brian? Is there anything she can't do? <laughs> Well, she can't play Eddie James, obviously, because Eddie James actually is great. But and then here's one that's completely off the beaten path, but it's a great movie. Is Amadeus? You know, um, that came out in the '80s. Uh, you know, about Mozart. So. Yeah, it's probably hard for someone like myself to fact check an Amadeus movie, but <laughs> yeah, you know, and, in, in real time, anyway. I'm saying, in like, real time. Like, I yeah. literally had a notepad out uh, for the Motley Crue, the Dirt, just trying to prep for because we're going to talk about it on the show, <laughs> and and of course, I had a note full of things, but then by the end of it, I was like. I don't even care that that kiss poster didn't exist at that time. Right. You know, um, now I'll tell you what really, uh, drove my wife batshit was taking me to see the movie, uh, rock of ages. Uh, she is a fan oh, of the, no. uh, the play. And when the movie came out, 
and it was nonstop. I'm like, I'm like, okay, they they weren't selling used vinyl like that back then. The Slayer did not release that record till a year after. And she's like, it doesn't know. It just said the '80s. I'm like, and then I'm like, I looked at her. I'm like, I didn't say July 1987 at the beginning of the movie. I didn't make that decision. <laughs> they did. So now this fucker's timestamp. They should have at least said, "Hey, can we pull in Baco as a creative consultant to make sure that we don't so we avoid these major faux pas?" Uh, there was just nonstop through that ridiculous movie. Um, now we talk about I silly. The same but- thing. I did the same thing with my coworker, not probably that passionate because she was my coworker, not my wife, yeah. but uh, <laughs> we were talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. And uh, and I was horrible. like, oh, did you see where they had Freddie Mercury with a mustache when he was doing We Will Rock You? Because he wasn't, and that was like four years before he even started to grow the mustache. He's looking at me like, are you this stupid? Like, I don't know that. I just kind of like some Queen songs. I thought it was entertaining. And, and I had to realize like, yeah, I'm a nerd. Like I shouldn't care this much. And and 95% of the people watching this film aren't going to give a shit if Freddie Mercury had a mustache when he was recording We Will Rock You, but that 5%, you know, that is going to, is going to be upset. We're the, we're the 5%ers. Um, We are the 5%ers. I watched that because my wife wanted to see it and I did not sit and kind of bitch about it. Uh, I'm not the biggest queen fan to begin with, Okay, uh, but I do know, I mean, there was just layer after layer of Hollywood drama Sure. Kind of built into that thing that I that I guarantee didn't exist. What what bothered yeah. me was kind of almost the Beyonce effect. That uh, what's the name of the guy who who played Freddie uh, the iRobot? Rami Malek. Look, it, it was passable. It was fine, but mm-hmm. it it seems like we live in this day and age, you know. And I talked to you a little bit about uh, my opinions on Black Panther, and I think that kind of falls under the same thing. Where it's like you're not allowed to not like this. This is so <laughs> fucking good. And to me, look, he was like, again, it wasn't like he was bad, but get out of my fucking face with this Oscar talk. It's fake teeth. That's it. And a slight resemblance. Uh, Other than that, I I literally, I truly with my heart believe that that Machine Gun Kelly was way more impressive (laughs) as Tommy Lee. The, and he didn't look exactly like Tommy, but that's why yeah. people go like it's all this visual thing. It's like, oh my god, he, he looks just like Freddie Mercury. That's amazing. No, no, no. You can celebrate the fucking effects and, and makeup department. Then that's not right. him. He didn't fucking no. do any of that. He just showed up and said, "Put my teeth in." Okay, oh Freddie Mercury. So I know you, it sounded like you actually liked it better than I did, but I, I was just like. <laughs> it, can, can we st- look? And if and honestly, if people just said I liked him, but that wasn't the response. It was like, can you believe how fucking good Remy Malik? You know, it's like it's like, come on! It, and first of all, it's a stupid movie. It's not even that good. It acted like uh, everybody in the world stopped when Queen played fucking uh, the Live Aid show, yeah. and I was there. We did not. Rant, rant over. Yeah. I, I, to kind of go into why part of me loves more. We were just going to talk about um, do we like biopics or documentaries more? The nerd in me should likes documentaries more because technically it should be more factual. But that's not true at all. Like no. some of these documentaries nope. definitely have an agenda. You look at Sharon and Ozzy. They've spun history since the beginning of Ozzy leaving Black Sabbath. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not necessarily getting a true factual, this all happened either. So I guess it's, I don't know why do movies bother us more than maybe 
not factual documentaries? It is a question posed for you. I think the agenda is a little cleaner. You know what I mean? It's okay. like, well, you, you you know a little bit about who's telling the story. And you can kind of see where they're going. And you can you can use that information to kind of pick the nuggets of truth out of it. Um, it does have to be done well. It does have to be, you know, told the right way. I, I mean, I mean, how many documentaries has Ozzy made about himself? It's right. just like, you know, it's just like there there's bits and pieces in there that that are that are worth watching but for the most part i think they're they're not that great um no. uh but yeah that that helps with me but you're definitely you're 100 right i mean and sometimes they the people making them in my opinion don't even realize the narrative they're telling when they're telling it right um hired gun a lot of people really like that documentary and it's well done and put together but to me it's like how do you guys not understand that you're not billy joel like you know <laughs> you didn't join the beatles yeah. where everybody was a, a member of a band you were billy joel's drummer you know what i mean right. I, i'm sorry eric singer but there were two guys before you in, in the fa- and you've been in 80 other bands that everybody knows. I mean, yeah, you, you understand that. The, and then like the whole thing is like put together by the guy who was in five finger death bunch, who, by the way, is no longer in five finger death bunch, being happy that he was finally a member of a band. You know, mm-hmm. I'm no longer a hired gun. Well, you're back to being that, aren't you? And and again, right. we're talking about hired guns that basically have made a very good career out of it, being kind of butthurt about the idea that nobody cares about the fucking guy who came up with that that five second drum solo in the the John Cougar song. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and then the other one is a twisted sister one, twisted fucking sister again. Oh, looks yeah. pretty and oh beautiful, but it's just like, yeah. do you guys understand? You just explained why nobody took you seriously in the whole ten minute rant about people not taking you seriously. It's right. like you you were like, well, why should I go into the city and play for next to nothing and play my own songs when I can make a thousand bucks out in Long Island playing covers for three hours? Yeah. You know what? Cover <laughs> bands don't get the same fucking respect as people who fucking dive in and say, this is me. And that's yeah. why it took you a decade to get a fucking song that people gave a shit about. Right. I, I think uh, the hired gun one, uh, I think the opposite of one where they don't aren't upset that they aren't recognized did you ever see the wrecking crew which is basically mm. all of the studio musicians amazing one of my favorites on all this yeah they were the polar opposite they were just like we're musicians this is our job you know we were on these classic albums you know the birds the beach boys you know all of these sunny chair all of these you know they were around they never got it they're just stupid but they were okay with it well some you know, of them did i mean uh what's his name yeah. um uh, Glenn Campbell oh, Glenn came Campbell. out of that. Uh, Carol Kay yeah. is a pretty well-known and respected bass player. So, sure. But was she going to be as big as like the Monkees? No, but that's okay. Like she found her. <laughs> she found no, her. Nobody's niche. as big as the Monkees. Just ask Ken Mills. I know. So that's, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's to kind of all kind of transition. I do have a list of documentaries I do like that are music documentaries, and as I do I. Do you want to get into that, or do you have more on this? Uh, no, that's 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 all I got with that. Why don't I just knock mine out? Because I guarantee it's going to be shorter. Yeah, and uh, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, give you the a little more length there. All right, no so problem. some of the ones that I love. There a lot of these are largely recently. Um, there weren't a lot of ones that I that I got into. I'm sure if I dug deeper, I'd find one. I do like sure. the, the the Kissology series that Kiss fans complain about, but that's those really aren't documentaries. Those are just kind of like here's a shit ton of Kiss shit, you know. Yeah. Um, 
but Sound City that David Grohl put together was fascinating for me mm-hmm. as far as just kind of like uh, the, the history of that studio. And I'm going to kind of segue into that, into his series that he did for HBO, um, mm-hmm. uh, Sonic Highways, where he went to like eight eight studios and, and kind of broke down the history there and, and the current state of it. Those are well done and well put together. With And, and while it does have an agenda, the, the agenda seems very genuine that like these places matter. We should care about them. It, it's, it's, it's more in yeah. that sense. So. The Eagles four hour documentary is to me probably the pinnacle. Like, because nobody looks good other than maybe Irve Azoff, their their manager. Like, yeah. I think he uh, is the only guy that comes out of that, that looking like someone who's, who's clean. So to me, that's yeah. what I would like to see from a Kiss documentary. Something that just says, yeah, you're all fucking assholes. And once yeah. you got some money, you all became assholes. And have, because those guys signed off on it. They said, you know what? Fuck it. We're old. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That was a long time ago. The truth is the truth. Rush had a great one. Uh, yeah. Beyond the Light of Stage, I think it's called. The Foo Fighters had, the, again, I'm touching the Foo Fighters. I like that one, the back mm-hmm. and forth one. The Lemmy one was amazing. Um, oh, yeah. And I got two more that I'm going to mention. There's, I have a little more on my list, but only two that I think I'm going to, because in case I'm stepping on something you're going to talk about. I no, thought the, I'm glad uh, you brought the Lemmy one. I totally forgot about Lemmy. And yeah. that, that one's great. You just basically see the guy, how he, you, nobody sees him as, you know, yeah. just him in his apartment. Uh, that was worth it just to see his apartment. <laughs> Not. Nazi stuff. Uh, well, and and I think Anvil, the the, the movie on on that oh, yeah. was important because it literally all of a sudden the world said, you know what? I don't need to know who the fuck you are to find your yeah. story interesting. And yeah. and there was a glut, and it's still happening. And and I think that's a good thing for the most part. Now there's kind of yeah. an oddball one. I'm curious if you've heard about it. Jandek on Corwood. Have you heard of that? I have not. Now, there was a Spin Magazine article about this DVD that got me to get into it. Jandek is a guy who lives in, in Texas, and he self-released records, and he would sell them out of, like, magazine ads. And you would just send it to the, the check you wrote out to was written to Jandek on Corwood. And he wrote <laughs> music that I can at best call, like, you know... Imagine if Bob Dylan didn't know how to play guitar or even tune one but recorded <laughs> as prolifically and was also even worse of a singer and a, worse of a songwriter. And okay. this this guy, and he just has got like 30 fucking albums out there. And like the, 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 there's like these theories that, that he's secretly like, you know, some this guy or that guy. So this whole documentary it builds up to a phone call with the guy. And then, uh, but it's just... I'm not even sure if I fucking believe it. You know what I mean? It, it, it was mm-hmm. almost like listening to that Wind of Change podcast about the Scorpions, you know, <laughs> right. stopping the the Cold War. Or there's right. parts where you're, you're hooked in, like this is true, and then like, no, this is not. But it's it's a fascinating movie, and if you haven't seen it, I think you would enjoy it, uh, especially because yeah. it's super dorky and nerdy, um, mm-hmm. and it's 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 about hunting down and finding this guy, and eventually all you mm-hmm. get is this audio phone interview. But uh, yeah, fa- <laughs> fantastic. Uh huh. What do you got? I, I have a little bit more than that. Probably not more. Um, but uh, the Bee Gees documentary that I think was on HBO. Uh, I don't know if you're a Bee Gees Fairly fan. New. or Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it's it's more sad now because really um, Robin's the only – or is it Robin? No. Barry is the only one that's alive now. So the, him being – they're totally honest about the relationship and – and uh and and not everyone comes off well so that i i think if, if they're being honest i think that's they hit the, the mark on that i just saw one two weeks ago it's been out since 2011 
but I don't know if you're a fan of Bill Withers, um, mm. but it's called Just Bill. And this guy was awesome. He started his music career at 32 and then he hit it big. I mean, he was he was making toilets and then he was writing songs and everything. Before you know it, he releases Ain't No Sunshine and he's this huge superstar. And then pretty much he decided and after about 10 albums and he went through the 70s, I'm done. And he's never recorded again. So he's, I think he did one album in 85 and that's it. And so he's it's still alive. He died a couple years ago, but okay. at the point, at this point, I think he was in his, he was 75 or something like that. Okay. And it just, it really gets into his life. And, uh, he was a stutterer and he learned how to get over that. And he doesn't stutter when he, um, when he sings, but it shows him going to this, uh, school for kids who are trying to overcome stuttering. And it's really powerful. And just to see a different side of a guy that really was one of the top music artists in the seventies and he doesn't let it go to his head at all. So that that's kind of refreshing. Um, did you ever see the Tom Petty documentary by Peter Bogdanovich? Yeah, that was another great one. That's another, <laughs> another four hour one, right? Yeah. But that one flies. <laughs> I mean, they're Batman. No, <laughs> Tom yeah, Petty, there, yes. there was one part that I just, it, it, it got me going, Oh, come on. It's like when they're trying to find that new drummer and then oh, it's right. like, we just couldn't find the right guy, man. They're there, and like for a, for a second, Dave Grohl's in the mix, and they play on Saturday yes. Live, and he's just of fucking course. being Dave Grohl about it, like <laughs> totally not fitting. And then they offer him the job, but he's just like, "You just got, you need that right vibe." And then they show the guy playing, and they're like playing like "I won't back down," and it's just like yeah. the most mundane. You know, it's like he just had, you know, it's like, just shut the fuck up. You just found a goddamn drummer. I mean, honestly, it just, it, it just drove me nuts. It's not Dave Lombardo. You don't need that. You know what I mean? It's like, you didn't even get Ringo Starr. You got drum no. machine. Uh, anyway. Yeah. But, but, but there is that, that, I loved it. There is, there is that great quote about Stevie Nicks always wanted to be part of the heartbreakers. And he's just basically in his Southern draw. It's like, yeah, but we don't got any girls in the band. <laughs> just leaves it like that. <laughs> it's like, sorry, Stevie, you're you're you know, forget uh Mac and whatnot. I I, uh, did you, I never yeah. really appreciated how big he was. You know what I mean? Oh, like, man. you know, across the board and how, <laughs> how how like you know, like it wasn't just people who were fans of his. It was like, you know, people like, you know, like the the, the other guys in the Travel and Wilburys who were fans of his yeah. music and they're people from uh, a different era, you know what I mean? And, and plus yeah. like the fact that in, in 1990 all of a sudden he's appealing to 17-year-olds. Yeah. So, did you ever deeper. see uh, Chuck Berry's Hail Hail Rock and Roll which was directed by Taylor Hackford who did Ray? I definitely did. I don't remember a lot of it. I remember when he's like scolding Keith Richards. Yes. And <laughs> that's awesome because Chuck Berry like this is warts and all. Not a great dude, no, no, but he's, uh, amazing. he's a horrible uh, human being. He's kind of like Ike Turner, amazing musician, yeah, amazing songwriter, but not a good dude. Yeah, not a good dude, but to see a legend like Keith Richards basically <laughs> being like treated like this little kid. Yeah. And you see like Eric Clapton and him like Jim, they're like, no, you're playing it wrong, Chuck. And Chuck's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm Chuck Berry. <laughs> so we, you know. we've, we've since learned that Eric Clapton is not exactly. Eric Clapton not, <laughs> exactly. They, they kind of all deserve each other. And the one that comes out the cleanest is, is uh, Keith Richards. He's actually a pretty good guy <laughs> compared to all them. So, um, I, you're not a big Aerosmith fan, but uh, the making of Pump, the album Pump, uh, yeah. in 1989, it's just them filming. Um, it's kind of like uh, 
uh, some kind of monster, except uh, much pumps a much better album than than Saint Anger. Uh, <laughs> but you get to see you know, Stephen Tyler. Debatable. Uh, you get to see Stephen Tower and Joe Perry like really writing these songs from their infancy stage to uh, you know what it would turn into. So for me, as an Aerosmith fan, that was great, and, and to, to see that, I will say this: um, a, a good documentary. Yeah. Um, I can like I, I'll I'll enjoy almost any story if it's compelling. Uh, it doesn't have to be a band mm-hmm. I like a lot. A lot of times, I'll, I'll appreciate a band more when I see something like that. Well, then you might like the Bee Gees one then. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The Bee Gees one, I, I, I think uh, uh, when uh, the next season of su- Succession comes around and we resubscribe to HBO Max, I'm going to watch <laughs> yeah. uh, the Bee Gees one because... Uh, there you go. Because uh, I, 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 they had a behind the music back in the day when those were happening, and I, I love that. And and I really, I never really got into the early, early stuff, like the 60s stuff. And I appreciate that stuff more now because you know most people only know you know Stan you know um, Saturday Night Fever and and uh, so that was interesting. Um, ZZ Top, that little old band from Texas, I think that's a Sam Dunn. Did not like that um, one. Really? Yeah. Okay. That that, that, um, that to me, there, there was some good stuff in there, and it's beautifully shot. And, right, and right. the live, the the stuff of them playing in that, uh, I think it's one of the oldest Texas roadhouses. Yeah. Where, and then they're releasing a record of all the stuff they played that day. Um, mm-hmm. I think on Record Store Day. Uh, yeah, they are. Here. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I just was like, you get to the part where it starts to get interesting, and then you guys just kind of skip ahead. And and yeah. to me, I just, uh, you know, uh, some of the stuff was cool. I just thought underwhelmed anyway. I think that's a Sam Dunn problem. He did the same thing yeah. with Super Duper Alice Cooper. I haven't he seen that off. yet. Uh, now, Joey Haney loves it. Everybody else I've talked to says, eh. That's the, well, yeah, because right when they get to 1986, it ends pretty much. Like, they don't really, and then they skip forward, I guess, to what he's doing now. But he it's didn't pretty do much the Twisted 70s. Sister one, did he? Because that one stopped just oh. before Justice. fucking Stay Hungry. He'd- I don't, yeah, which, yeah, and it was long, too. It's like two and a half yeah. hours. <laughs> it's like, really? you talking about milking a de- <laughs> dead horse, but yeah, uh, kicking a dead Tina Turner, it's just called Tina. I mean, I kind of referenced the biopic, but this, for me, is is more comprehensive. You really learn more about Ike Taylor. She really is an amazing person about what she did. You know, I don't think she gets enough credit with her voice and, uh, and her comeback, because most people don't have, like, a 20-year career and then have it pretty much rechanged their whole um uh you know studio and and persona and everything she did so you know can i can i side side uh track off of that a little bit of course i don't think you can anymore you're not allowed to yeah um right uh, you you know i mean think of all the like artists in the 80s that were actually kind of like getting a a resurgence uh from their career in the 70s like elton john eric clapton uh fucking uh phil collins genesis Uh, these these were fucking heart fucking uh, Bruce Springsteen you know was was one of the biggest artists of of, of the eighties and, sure. and we we wouldn't do that now we just don't I think the last guy to do it and it's still twenty years ago Santana I, I think Santana yeah. was the last to really do it <laughs> yeah all right keep going I'm gonna think yeah. about that Paul Butterfield yeah I'm sure you never heard of him yeah amazing oh. harmonica player played with Muddy Waters had his own band. Uh, it's called Horn from the Heart. So if you just want to see some old school like footage of him playing with like Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf before his band took off, and um, it does get a little tropey with you know doing too many drugs and alcohol, but just seeing how um, underappreciated he was at the time, it's it's a good documentary. Um, and then the last one, this might appeal to you because you are kind of an old school punk guy, but the the original decline of Western civilization. Oh, I own it. Yeah, the first one. I think is the second one's fun. Yeah. The first one's the best. 
because it's just it really is that raw scene of you know that P- Penelope Spears got you know. What about uh, just a quick one? Um, uh, the yeah. the singer from uh, Pentagram. Uh, they oh did, yeah, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but Bobby Liebling is a singer. But that one was fucked. Up. That is dark as fuck, man. Oh, I loved it. It's yeah. called uh, "Last Days Here." Last, yes, there we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I've really never heard of Pentagram, but I don't know Same why here. it came up on my yeah, it came on my radar, and I was like, this dude's fucked. Like he can't. <laughs> they're giving him so many opportunities, he keeps screwing up, and you know, well, he's an addict. You know point. what I mean? It's just he like, is, he yeah. is, he is. But it's 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 just it was more sad than I wasn't upset. I was just like, dude, like just you, you obviously have some talent. You're just pissing it away, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, and then, uh, and speaking of people who are, you know, got some fucking issues to deal with, Kanye has got a new yeah. one on Netflix. I, I started watching that. I'll probably eventually okay. finish it, but my wife refuses to because she, uh, she's smart, uh, you know. <laughs> love this movie and i don't know why i get why they like the soundtrack but i think it's a shit movie it's purple rain like i don't get the love of this movie i think really? it's a terrible movie have you but seen the scene of apollonia down by the lake that is not lake minnetonka i'll just watch porn well purple mm. rain tits you know that's that's what all we're that's back what to like. porn everything goes back to exactly. porn no are you kidding exactly. me you are spot on i <laughs> look I, I i i although i do think people like this movie in kind of a a good hurt kind of way i, I don't know sure, that it's, it's sure. i remember at the time it was like wow print i mean yeah. i was fucking pumped to sneak in to see that one um yeah and I didn't even know about Apollonia's tits. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Uh, and, and boy, it was worth the, the price. It was worth that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was two dollars to pay for the ticket to the movie that wasn't R-rated, and then to pretend <laughs> to play a video game and sneak in. But uh, uh, yeah, Dollar so but food. no, that yeah. that's that, you're right. That's a horrible, horrible movie. <laughs> well, it, it is the equivalent of the jazz singer. Now I I'm 
guess I'm being hypocritical here. I appreciate the jazz singer because I love Neil Diamond. I think it's the same reason why people love Purple Ranks. They yeah. love Prince. But you watch Under the Cherry Moon and like, woof, like you could see where Prince will only carry you so far, you know, yeah. with, with being Prince. So, yeah, that, that's all I got for those. All right. Well, um, we're running pretty long here, so I did want to talk yeah. soundtracks a little bit, but uh, let's yeah. do this kind of more of in a quick hitter way. Um, I'll sure. tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the, the ones I wrote down that that are, are strong for me. The, the, the spoiler here is that like there aren't that many soundtracks that I think are that great. Um, okay, but. I do love the heavy metal soundtrack, the the original cartoon animated thing. And speaking of porn, mm-hmm. that I remember <laughs> watching that for the first time when my dad splurged and got HBO for a year. He must have got a bonus at work or something. Um, and, he said splurge. I remember thinking, like 16 or 17 years old, going, is it appropriate or not appropriate to jerk off to cartoon tits? Oh. Uh, and I'm, by the way, I'm still not sure, Brian. <laughs> almost uh, almost 40 years later, I'm not sure. Uh, you, you have well, a nice Welcome to hentai. What's that? Yeah, welcome to hentai, the, okay. the Japanese animated porn or whatever it is. Man, yeah. I, I can tell you, though, I it made me horny and I didn't feel good about it. Fritz the Cat, I, I'm sure you've seen. <laughs> No, uh, Lost okay, Boys good. soundtrack is amazing. Uh, sure. That that to me is one of my favorite ones, and it's not a, not a lot of hard rock on that. Uh, but it just not only no. that, but the songs are actually in the fucking movie, and yep. it's actually kind of a good flow to an overall soundtrack. Um, uh, I think the weak spot there is Echo and the Bunnymen. Uh, people are strange, and even that, mm-hmm. not that bad. So if I recall, if I recall correctly, it's pretty much newer bands doing covers. I think uh, Less Than Zero did the same thing. That's why Slayer did Ina Gata De Vida. Correct. That's a horrible soundtrack. The Poison Rock and Roll All (laughs) Night made it the worst soundtrack of all time. One of them, yes. (laughs) Soundtracks really took off, and and this isn't my all-time favorite soundtrack, but as we're talking, we also talked about this band. Saturday Night Fever really brought in the era of modern soundtracks. Right on. Before that, it was either musicals, uh, Disney or score. And so you might have the graduate thrown in there with Simon and Garfunkel, maybe the heat in the heat of the night with Ray Charles. But for the most part, soundtracks, you didn't have original music until Saturday Night Fever. And it ushered in the whole era of, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. And today, soundtracks are kind of dead. It's a playlist. As much as I like Guardians of the Galaxy as a movie and the songs, it's a playlist. Like, it's not brand new music. So I missed that you would get a whole new soundtrack of, of songs specifically for a movie. That era is over, and it's been over for about 20 years. How about this? When This is another tangent. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time a movie was spawned from a new musical movement? I got to think like singles <laughs> or that whole – because it, it seems to me now when they make movies, it's going back to the 80s if they're, if they're touching yeah. on – if they're inspired by a movement because that the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack was – disco blew up. And then, yeah. um, God, there was uh, – Flashdance. Well, Trick or Treat. Um, yep. for heavy metal. By the way, that's all. That's next on my list. Uh, sure. I love that soundtrack, but it's basically a fast way doing a new new album. But it's great music. Uh, mm-hmm. and then you had like singles. Um, in uh, the nineties, but that had to be kind of one of the last ones, right? I think so. And uh, I mean, if you, I think Flashdance, Footloose. Uh, was oh yeah, the, the, there's there's yeah, those yeah. definitely count. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Footloose is is does a, a Flashdance definitely does. Yeah. Footloose seems more like no, it's a collection of songs that are brand new, like you were talking about. But it's yeah. really about a. I mean, I guess. I mean, it was already pop. Pop music already existed, so I mean, 
Well, I mean, the theory behind the story was that they couldn't dance in this small town. Sure. And, and, and what so, I'm saying you know, is that like disco, yeah. you know, metal. Sure. Grunge, no, I get that. The, yeah. the, you mm-hmm. know, but uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, my. No, my, that's totally fair. My last one is Shocker. Uh, Shocker. Yeah. Uh, the horrible movie. Um, but in uh, a Wes Craven movie, if I believe right. But uh, that's, it was. Uh, uh, that's a great soundtrack. Uh, it's, it's so many basically obscure and big name metal bands of that era. Um, uh, you know, Megadeth, Kiss, uh, Bonfire, that kind of stuff. So Guy Man Did Dude. Like- uh, who, who, uh, co- yeah, great name by the way, Guy Man Dude. Yeah, uh, co wrote a handful of Kiss songs and then has his own song on there. So, Desmond Child, I think, makes his first singing appearance on this, but uh, well, That's true. At Desmond Child and Rouge, I think, was like in the early 80s, like around 70s, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. when, when he started working with Paul Stanley, but like once, once his like name became big, this was like the first thing that was just him. right. Did you, did you like No More Mr. Nice Guy, the Megadeth cover? Probably at the time a little bit, but for the most part, no. It's it it, it was it, like I my my feelings towards covers over the years has just been this glut of like the more and more I hear bands do covers, the less and less I want to hear that bands do covers. That doesn't mean there aren't still examples of of good ones, but I'm always unimpressed when a artist does something like a like a Megadeth does an artist as big as Alice Cooper and they pick one of the most obvious songs to me that obvious says song. yeah. you don't like Alice Cooper that much uh, right. it's like yeah. this is really lazy because if I was going to if you said you can record one Kiss song Jason it's not going to be a rock and roll a night or anything you probably heard <laughs> them play yeah. live so exactly exactly and uh, uh, if you watch that music video for No More Mr. Nice Guy it's great because um, Dave yeah. is so out of it yeah, on and, fucking and Pinocchio or something like that. It's oh, just, uh, yeah. yeah, he could. He was nodding off and, and everything. So just for that. So my top three, and I have other ones that I'll quickly get to. But the, the top three, the Blues Brothers. My second all, my second favorite movie of all time, and just like a soundtrack great I listen movie. to constantly. Great movie. It talk about introducing younger folks into these amazing soul artists and blues artists from the past, whether it be Aretha Franklin. Ray Charles, James Brown, Cab Calloway. I mean, amazing. I just, I can't speak enough of, of that soundtrack and obviously that film. This one's kind of a cheat, but it's kind of like the franchise as a whole, Rocky. You watch the first Rocky movie. <laughs> as good as as good as it is. I mean, Rocky, I mean, people are going to laugh, but it changed filmmaking forever. Every underdog story pretty much owes a debt of gratitude to Rocky, post-Rocky, whether it be okay. the story arc, whether it be the, the use of montages. I mean, AD's basically built a whole genre of <laughs> the movie. Sylvester based on Stallone Rocky. wouldn't have a career without a montage. Absolutely. I mean, look at Rocky four. It's an entire movie of montages. Mm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you, you watch the original Rocky and just the score and Bill Conti and every, that whole movie is better because of the music. And, uh, and then once you get to Rocky three, when, when you have eye of the tiger and I don't know if you know the story, but he originally, they wanted to get um, another one bites the dust. Queen wouldn't allow him to do that. And so that's when he went to Survivor and, and got Eye of the Tiger. And Eye of the Tiger is way better for Rocky uh, than, than Another One Bites the Dust once you hear the, the drums and they sound like punches and whatnot. So I uh, love Rocky soundtracks. And then now I'm, I was talking about how there's no great soundtracks. I don't know how you feel about this artist, but the most recent A Star is Born from 2018 that was one of my favorite. It might be one of my favorite soundtracks because it's all original music. It covers that wide gamut of rock, classic rock, uh, country, um, 
and 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 just modern pop, but not bad modern pop. It, I listen to this constantly to this day, and I miss original music and movies and the fact that they did it. And I really do like the movie too. Uh, I think it's really well done. I don't know if you've seen the movie or heard the soundtrack. I haven't. But I don't know how you feel about Lady Gaga. So, oh, she's she's super talented. Uh, if if there's anything that annoys me about her, it's it's more the more the uh, the fact that hard rock and metal guys seem to want to like justify like, oh, she's a true. She's not. I'm I'm sorry. She's no. she's, she's not a fucking metalhead. Um, no. The only critical thing I can say is the only thing I've heard on that record is "Shallow," and I think that is a shit garbage song. Uh, that, <laughs> how you how you even call that a chorus to me? It's like shallow, and you know I can a b me in the song, and it really isn't that far <laughs> off. Shallow, <laughs> much respect for her as a singer, um, not as an actress so much, but. Um, I didn't see her in that movie. To be fair, I'm just. But she was on American Horror Story. Oh, oh God, she was just in something else recently. And I just I found her yeah, very House of God or House of Gucci. There it is. Yes, uh, yeah. and she was like the least. Like it's like, could you like do that accent worse? I mean, it's it's like <laughs> listening to Balky. Uh, but uh, as a singer, and also Balky you know was, what? As, Balky was great in Beverly Hills Cop, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, uh, his most believable role. Um, yeah. Uh, as a songwriter and a singer, uh, some sing. of the, the the pop hooks that she comes up with too. Um, I, and again, because it's not my my real thing sure. that I get gravitated yeah. to, I, I can only speak on t- typically the hits. But like uh, "Born This Way" to me is 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 a banger uh, mm-hmm. and, and fun to listen to. So I, I I don't disrespect her in her talent. I may not care for her and stuff like that. But "Shallow" sucks. Uh, you know, I mean. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, I don't mind it. Um, but I, I I was impressed with Bradley Cooper actually sings on it, and he's not bad. Is that the only uh, song he some- sings on in the soundtrack then? No, no. There's about three or four songs he sings on, okay. and uh, and some of them are straight up like classic hard rock. So I used to have um, a man yeah, crush on Bradley Cooper. There you go. So you yeah. might be looking with uh, you know rose colored <laughs> glasses when watching him. Uh, some other quick some some other quick ones, and this is just from my childhood. American Graffiti. Uh, I love the movie. I love the soundtrack. It's mm. all these great fifties and sixties yeah. um, songs mixed with Wolfman Jack basically doing like almost a radio show over it. So that's great. Wolf man. Yeah. Ah, so good. Uh, Eddie and the cruisers, terrible movie. (laughs) What about Eddie and the cruisers too? I actually, that's, that's a movie. I would watch that before the first one. (laughs) And it's so stupid. It is so dumb. Eddie's hiding in Canada as a construction worker. Yeah, of course. Of course. You got to bring him back somehow. But the first movie, the first soundtrack, uh, I really enjoyed the soundtrack. I just bought that on vinyl recently. There you go. There you go. Because it's weird. It's it's like this. 50s, it's my favorite 60s. Bruce Springsteen record. <laughs> <laughs> and then okay, so to to do it to Howard Rock, terrible movie again. But Last Action Hero, I do. Watch oh, I forgot that one. That is a killer fucking yeah. soundtrack. Actually, Judgment Night is a great yeah. fucking soundtrack too, man. It is where they do yep. mashed up metal and rap. Man. Yep. Nice. That was those a good pull. two Alice, those two Alice and Chain oh, songs, uh, great. They're great. It, yeah, God, yeah, it's that's definitely that should have been on my list. Sorry, sorry, people. No, and that's why I'm here. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, You're the movie guy, and 
even though they might not be your, your cup of tea, I grew up with the Flashdance and, and Footloose soundtracks, and those always used to be on our I car. love the movie Footloose. And that, by the way, have you seen that recently? It does not hold up at all. Uh, it I is... just did an episode where there was crossover with Growing Up Rock, so we talk all about oh, it. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, well, what's I, funny I the theater, is it's based, on a true sto- it's based on a true story that really happened in this small town and yeah. wherever it was, where there was a law on the books that you couldn't have dances and, and do things like that. So by the way, some props to you. I love the, the clips you were playing for your, uh, the, the independent film you made. Uh, but they, they were, <laughs> they, they were making me definitely smile. In, so. Independent I, film. <laughs> yes. You know, that, that has never been so misappropriately grandiose. Uh, uh, <laughs> that phrase. I can be your hype man. Yeah. Right know? on. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. There, I, I would think we'd be generous to call them shorts, but yes. Uh, well, let me just plug those real quick. Go on YouTube, yeah. uh, check out the Jesus Chrysler YouTube channel and look up. There's three of them that we did that are loosely tied together. It starts with Brett Michaels, ghost zombie. Um, <laughs> then the, the sequel to that is cherry pie guy. And then it ends with the Exervention. So it's about, I think, 15 minutes of total viewing. Well, Brian, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, it turned out I was worried that I didn't have enough to talk about, but uh, apparently that, that we worry too was, much. Uh, we, we got to, uh, we didn't even get to everything. We didn't talk any baseball. Because uh, no, I, I know you're a baseball fan, and I just, I just like talking, uh, touching on people's passions. But you definitely brought the movie magic, uh, so I appreciate that. Uh, Brian, of course, hosts like we said at the beginning, the damn good, ma- <laughs> the damn good movie memories <laughs> podcast. I always want to throw goddamn in, movie memories, <laughs> the goddamn magic movie memories uh, yes, podcast. Yes. <laughs> no, uh, definitely check Which it out. Which is going to be the porn podcast, by the way. Oh man, well, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Thank you. I no, I appreciate this is this has been awesome, and we spend we we have too long of distance between you know talking, so this is we we get to catch up, and this is awesome. No, it's been great. Uh, so yeah, uh, quick quick plug of your show here. Yeah, so damn good movie memories. The podcast been around since 2016, and uh, as much as Baco thinks it's PG thirteen, <laughs> and uh, there are some episodes that we have Ian Wadley on, so we know that's definitely not oh, yeah. PG thirteen. <laughs> So that that is definitely a fun episode. But yeah, so basically, it, I think the the best way to put it is if you enjoy uh, a certain movie that I cover, you're going to enjoy it even more because I'm going to probably tell you stuff about the movie you never heard, or if you've never you know heard about or seen the movie that I'm talking about for that particular episode, you may gain some sort of appreciation and go out and watch it. And and as we were saying, there's not a lot of great movies that are being released today. There's hundred years worth of movies out there, so why not discover a movie you've never seen before? So that that's what we try to do. And if you'll let me plug, I also have a radio show, which is music, and it's called The Bad Beat, and it it takes place on thatmetalstation.com every Wednesday night at 11 p.m. Eastern time, and it's basically boozy hard rock that we play. And 100% on everything you said about your show. Love it. Thank you. All right, Brian, this has been a lot of fun, but we got to wrap this up. Uh, time to get out of here. What do you say? All right. Thank you, Baco. Absolutely. Movies are not dead. But clever porn titles definitely are.
We should do it. I think from this podcast, I know you really wanted to pitch me the porn thing, but I think that we should do a human nature of like just <laughs> find out good parenting, bad parenting, where it really leads to. I know it's human it's nature always leads to porn, though. It, it will. Yeah. So eventually all these people end up in porn stars anyway. So you might get your wish. Well, no, so. everybody. Look, every <laughs> human nature, whether you become a porn star or just yeah. enjoy the work, it always yeah. <laughs> everybody is on a path to porn. Basically, yeah. from the day they're born, you know, it's like I just—I I don't know if you heard—I'm a grandfather. My grandson, yeah, I did, is a certain number of days away from watching uh-huh. porn for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. Uh. Progressive presents adjusting to the suburbs. I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer, and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? (laughs) No, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen, right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.